Hello and welcome back to No Capes Season 3. This show is usually recorded as a video talk show, so if you want to see what we're talking about in the show, check it out on YouTube as well. And if you'd like to support the show, you could consider subscribing at Patreon or donating to Ko-fi. For now, kick back, relax, grab your coffee, and enjoy the show. No Capes is now proudly sponsored by Global Comics, an amazing online reading platform filled with incredible creator-owned titles, and they have generously given us an ongoing discounted subscription link, which you can find in the description below. And not only that, but every week we'll be giving away three free subscriptions for Global Comics. It is filled with incredible titles. It is so easy for new creators to upload their books. I've got two stories up on there right now, and you will be able to enter every week to win one of three free subscriptions so check the description below find that link enter the giveaway it'll be drawn every following monday and announced on social media who those three winners are so good luck and happy listening hello everyone and welcome back to no capes the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics with me today is the delightful vera green tea uh, vera could you tell everyone a little bit about yourself yeah, hi. So, um, I'm Vera Green Tea. I write comic books. Uh, my comic, uh, Grimoire Noir, came out in 2019. Uh, it's a book about, um, like, a, a town where all women are witches and all girls are witches, but boys have no powers at all. Um, and it's kind of like a dark, spooky thing, and a lot of things I write are very dark and spooky. Um, I started a company called Green Tea Publishing, under which I publish most of my comics, and... A lot of them might go through Kickstarter, so you can find me there. <laughs> so I actually have uh, that specific comic sitting in my comicsology waiting for me right now. Oh, awesome. <laughs> Thank you. I hope you enjoy it. I think I will. I love the, the look of everything. I picked up a few titles, actually, while I was there. So I've got, I've got a reading list sitting there waiting for me. Oh, nice. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, like, I like Strange and Spooky, so I'm really keen to sit down and read those as soon as I... I'm probably about going to sit down and read a bunch of stuff from every single one of my guests as soon as I finish recording next week. <laughs> oh, awesome. That'll be fun. I, I mean, I've been familiar with all of my guest stuff already, but this year I've been able to sit down and be like, okay, yes, I haven't read that, 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 that. I'll take that and that and that, and then I'm going to sit down and just go hog wild and then add a bunch of new books to the list for next season. Oh, perfect. Sounds like a really good evening where I few weeks of evenings or yeah it'll either be a few weeks of evenings or one solid weekend <laughs> depending <laughs> that on sounds how, like me. <laughs> depending on how well it uh, tickles the brain if i get carried away <laughs> uh, and so today we're talking about isola which is a really fun fantasy comic uh from brendan fletcher and carl kershaw uh, i really okay. enjoyed this comic and of course the art is absolutely gorgeous oh it's beautiful it's just so compelling yeah, it's uh, so it's yeah, it's set in a in a mystical land, of course, as all fantasy comics are set to be. Um, mm -hmm. And the queen's brother has enacted a plot, and it's <laughs> sort of where where we start off. And obviously, like, this first cover was what got my attention. Uh, just the the detail in it, but also the economy of line mm -hmm. in the light the 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 art for this. Like, there's so much detail, but there's actually not that many lines. Which is was something I'm always super impressed with, with how much detail an artist is able to put into their work. 
without creating like a big massive line art that's true that's a good point yeah it's it's i always find it really impressive and it's a skill that i'm trying to cultivate but i'm still a long way off from being even close to this level it's so nice to look at yeah so what were your initial impressions of this book um well first i mean obviously the art is the first thing that um just made me realize like i saw the book and i was like oh i have to buy it um but i actually even before that i knew about this book um because i actually met brendan um fletcher oh cool yeah is i think it was like 2015 um at tcaf i believe it was tcaf Um, the canadian one uh, they have their cartoon arts festival oh cool um, toronto cartoon arts festival and First of all, Brendan is really, really sweet, and he was great, and we were just chatting, and then out of nowhere, he was like, oh, Vera, I know that you like uh, Miyazaki and um, Studio Ghibli, and like I have something that's kind of uh, inspired by that, and he just takes out his phone and just starts showing me this art from Isola, and I was just, oh my god, what what is this? This is amazing. Is this a comic that you're making? He's like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, and I was just like, so I already, so I already knew that Brendan wrote it, whose work I had already loved from Gotham Academy. I, I read Motor Crush. I read um, um, uh, Batgirl of Burnside. So I already knew that I liked him. Yeah. And um, and then the the art uh, style was just just so like lush and crisp and like and like just it just gave me like the, these feelings of like being in like a fantastical magical world which i mean i I was immediately i was just like yeah i i I can't wait to dive into the story um so so yeah so as soon as that book came out i immediately bought it and um then like the story definitely like it's it's a kind of story i would also kind of like because i also love like a magical kind of like just just put me in into the middle of things i have no idea what's going on but there's magical creatures there's like people wearing bone masks there's just um just uh like a wizard type people who are just walking around and like giggling and <laughs> just like i don't know like what is it what is happening and the and and animals of course that are just like magical animals there's a regular looking animals uh and then there's like magical animals and of course uh the, the main characters, uh, Captain of the Guard, is taking care of a, a tiger, who's a, but the tiger is not like a normally colored tiger, it's black with blue stripes. Yeah, and, and just like stunning anytime you get a full color panel with the tiger in it. Um, yes. And th- like you're not wrong about the Miyazaki influences either, like, like I was reading about that before and I was like, yeah, I didn't really pick, pick like clock that surprisingly when i was first reading it because i was just so into the story i didn't pay attention to the influences but after reading that and then like looking at the first page here again with like the cool hat helmet mask combo thing i'm like oh yeah like it's right there on the first page (laughs) like how did i even miss this but 
Go ahead, sorry. No, no, no. I just I sort of lost my train of thought looking at it again anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it does that to you. It's just it's so it's it's so beautiful. I would say uh it has the Miyazaki feel, but there's like a mix I think of Disney. Maybe it might be the animals. Mm. But like this it's like a mix of those things. So if you clocked Disney first, I would understand that too. I didn't even really clock that to be honest. I was just like so <laughs> so deep in the high fantasy of it all. Yeah. That I and just like just just marveling at the work like again like the line work carl's line work in this blows me away um and like the coloring choices yeah because like, i still have a bad habit of using black too much when i'm like doing the lines i love looking at work like this like there's the close-up on our guard's face and mm -hmm. only about half of the line art is actually black ink uh, the yeah. rest of it is just like darker colors that match the the flats and everything and uh, i love that but i'm terrible at remembering to try that and picking mm -hmm. the appropriate colors and stuff so i i'm just always blown away by someone who can do that really well and every time i flick through this book again and i'm looking at carl's work i'm just like yes yes i need to sit down yeah. and actually do some some practice with this yeah, well, next time you color, keep the book in front of you so you remember. Yeah, yeah. And, and I haven't read the first issue for a little while, actually, so I'm just sort of refreshing myself with this sort of dream sequence thing that's going on, you oh, know? Yes. Like, she yeah. just left the tiger safe in the tent <laughs> and has wandered through a tunnel following this magical fox and then suddenly hears the tiger full of arrows. Yes, it is. It, it is a little bit. There's like some violence in this that is a uh, sub like that's very abrupt that you're not expecting because it's so beautiful. And then like, like you you see this. Uh, you don't know who they are really when you first start too. When you're reading, you just see uh, this kind of like warrior, uh, soldier woman, and you yeah. see a tiger that's under a tent. Uh, so she's keeping watch over the tiger, and so you don't you don't really know what's going on. And then she and then she walks away. She's following a fox and is brought to like, like a platform rock kind of thing. And the tiger is dead. Yeah. And like, and she ha and she has all this pain on her face. So from that, you immediately know that like she's not just taking care of the tiger because somebody gave her her a job. She obviously cares for this tiger, uh, very much. Yeah, exactly. And and I liked how when they first introduced us to the characters and the tiger in the tent. The, the way that they were playing with color and stuff there mm -hmm. makes it kind of ambiguous at first that this is the same tiger. Like, when I very first read through it, I didn't clock it immediately as the same tiger, but as I, I first, a little while there, I was like, okay, so this is a second tiger, but it's that is also <laughs> familiar to this character, and she has, like... That's true. Be, because of the way that they wrote it and the fact that like she just left that tiger safe alone yeah and yeah. i got to this page i was like okay so there's she, she has something to do with the tigers in this land and then yeah. very shortly after that it's like made clear that it's actually the same tiger and there's some weird magic stuff going on but i just right. like how they didn't introduce us to this cat first tiger as 
the blue and black tiger. It's got kind of an orangey tint to it because of the night sky and everything yeah. and makes it a little more ambiguous at first. Um, and then you start to learn more about the story as that goes on. Like, I, I'm not sure if that was the intention, but for my own reading experience, that was how I experienced it because of the, the way they changed the colors. I, at first, I wasn't sure that this was the same tiger. Like, maybe this is the mate of that tiger that's right. being kept safe in the tent. I yeah. don't know. And that's then, true. Yeah. That, that is the thing about this book where you really don't know a lot. Because <laughs> uh, it, it goes in and out between between the the like the vision sequences and the and what's actually happening you don't you're not always you're a little bit always caught off guard and a little bit like you're sort of walking in like tripping over rocks because you're yeah. like oh okay now we're going here okay now we're doing this um so and because of that i do i i i do feel that there's times when i was reading the book and i'm like oh wait this whole time i thought this was happening but then there's actually this was happening right yeah, and then immediately, like, you flip the page again here, and suddenly the tiger and the arrows have disappeared. Yeah. And so then yeah, that, that was the moment when I'm like, oh, okay, this, this is the same tiger, and this was a dream sequence of some kind. Yeah, or there's magic, yeah. Yeah. And something's up with that box. Yeah, ex yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, obviously, like, in a lot of mythology, uh, foxes are, you know, signs of mischievous spirits or yeah, trickster they're... gods and stuff like that so exactly that sort of yeah sort of immediately leads you to believe that okay so she's being fucked with yes <laughs> uh, and also just looking at the design again of this character uh, image if you haven't already done it and i'm going to google this right after we finish talking get on an action figure oh my god this character right? looks so cool that yeah if i could have like a rook and like a tiger with her yeah right give, yeah, give us a paint give us an action figure but also give us a paintable miniature yes <laughs> i like i want to paint these characters as miniatures i love painting my D, D minis and stuff and this design and the tiger and stuff that would be so cool to sit down and paint i saw some really cool uh new paints the other day um green stuff world has released these like black light paints for painting Ooh. minis. What what does that mean? Like you do, like you put the your UV light over them and they glow vibrant like. Mo oh wow! So, like doing this and then painting the blue stripes in that black light paint on the tiger would be so much fun. Oh, that would be fantastic! Yeah, the glowing tiger. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah, I, and I hope you do do that. Making, like, I hope a, someone hears you. Right? Yeah. So some image. Sort us out. I mean, if I had this, the the cash to play, I would just commission a three D artist to mold me a statue so I could just print three D print it and paint it myself. But I don't have the cash to splash, so Image should just get on that. Actually, yes, Image should make should should work with Brendan and Carl to make a TTRPG based on this world. That Actually, I was be, just about to say that I'm like a whole game of yeah, this. That would be amazing. Would be full of min miniatures of the morrow the hunter clans yes the, <laughs> that weird like spider character that you get in book two mm. yeah there's so many cool designs that would make amazing miniatures and just be so much fun to um to paint yeah 
Yeah, and when we're not, like you said, we're kind of just dropped into it. We don't get the history of what's happened yet straight up. Yep. So it's really interesting when, like, the next day, Rook is there and, like, addresses the tiger as your majesty. Yes. I read that and I was like, what the fuck? Okay, it's a tiger. <laughs> okay, so like, is this a magic tiger? Is this a is this tiger a god? Is this tiger a person? <laughs> and I was just okay, all right. Well, you've got me. Like as soon as I've got to the, yeah. I'm like, you've you've fully got me. I need to know what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and just. I'm just still ever blown away completely every time I look at the page, any of these pages by yeah. the, the art. Like, the colouring choices are amazing. Yes. Uh, the lettering is delightful. Like, the... Oh, yeah. The sound effects here, like, the sound effect lettering that's not actually letters. Yeah, it's a... It's a so I was reading about that, that with the lettering, um, which was done, uh, I want to say, Aditya Bitkumar? Ah, uh, yep. Yep, I love Aditya's work. Yeah, like, uh, they created basically a language, but they didn't do it in tandem with the writer and the artist. So, like, uh, so I was listening to a thing where Brendan was saying, um, uh, they don't actually know what, what Aditya was writing. They're like, they're just, we hope it's not curse words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, like, I, I love that touch because, you know, like, this is an alien world to us. Yeah. This is this is otherworldly, so of course. Yes. It, like it it communicates visually like exactly what we would be hearing and feeling from that sound. Yeah. And but the, it's just like that in itself is a really interesting commentary on effects lettering. You know, like that's not English. I can't read yeah. that. But yeah. I like, but because of the way that it's done, how it looks, how dynamic it is, and the context mm -hmm. that it's presented in, I know exactly what it is. Like, yeah, I can feel the sound of that sword and the the stone scraping down it in yeah. my head just from looking at that. And so there's this really interesting commentary on effects lettering, and that maybe it doesn't really need to be words to yeah. communicate what doesn't it's trying to be, to be words that you know you yeah know, just it just it doesn't yeah like it just obviously as you said they created a language for this book so that those sounds are probably translated somewhere in a notebook that aditya put together yeah but to anyone who doesn't know about that you know those are completely unfamiliar so they're not mm -hmm. they're, like i said like not at all words that i would know but i know exactly what's going on without having to Exactly. And that's really yeah, cool. It's so well done. Yeah, it's very clever. <laughs> this cracked me up, actually, this sequence where, like, she's talking to the tiger about breakfast and everything, and the tiger just fucks off. Yeah, she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. just, just climbs a cliff and just, just takes off. <laughs> Well, you know who's the alpha in that, in those two. <laughs> right? And then... Oh, the, the expressiveness of the tiger throughout the book. Yeah. Like, it's a cat. 
You yes. know, cats don't have human faces, and yet, yeah, like you can quite clearly see the irritation and distrust <laughs> on the tiger's face. Yeah, you know, standing in the top of the up on the top of the cliff, glaring back down at Rook. Uh, then we're walking through the forest and you can see the, the worry and the concern as the yeah. eyes widen. I do think that that's, that's Kershaw's, that's his, like, this is, this is special, like, talent that I don't think, uh, like, that many people can do. Just, like, draw an animal, but, like, its whole body and its, like, facial expressions, it's, like, where it puts its paw, it's, like, and you can tell what it's feeling. It's yeah. just, like... It's, no, like, it's, it's like a very magical kind of... It is. Like, like that's that's a real... It's both a, a gift and a skill. Yeah. You, know, you have to course. practice that. Of course. But it's it's a real gift to be able to... To imbue that yeah. much, yeah, like, personality on, on something that's like... Like, normally, I mean, I have both a cat and a dog. My dog is pretty expressive, but my cat has no expressions whatsoever. He just looks either angry because he's hungry... Or sleeping. Those yeah. two. <laughs> exactly. And like the expressiveness of all the characters throughout this book is incredible, but animals are hard enough to draw as it is. And yet to portray like even when you flick across again and you see this weird uh beaked boar creature coming at them. Mm-hmm. And like they give you that close up on its face and like it looks mad. Yeah. <laughs> that is not a happy creature. Like it looks furious and again like it doesn't even have human features no and so that's just that's really cool and then we get to see start seeing some of the other beasts that live in this world like the giant saber toothed beaver thing that's cool that's such a cool design oh my god there's such great animal designs in this book it just I think Herschel was in his element he was just like where like uh, I'm just gonna invent all kinds of like beautiful creatures that do not live like that nobody's ever seen before, and I'm just gonna populate this book with this just magic. Yeah, I I would love to see the sketchbook full of all the concept designs yes. for the animals because like, oh my god, yes, this is just like a a two page two and a half page sequence of this stampede, and there are quite clearly a number of creatures with their own very distinct designs even though you can only see portions of them for some of these panels so yeah. you you know that somewhere there is a book just full of sketches of yes. the different animals that exist in this world yes if any book should have the art of type of, type book like a supplementary it's this one mm. yeah the art of isla yeah i would love an art book for this and as I was saying to Jen Hickman when we talked about Wasted Space, um, I want a full visual encyclopedia for that one mm-hmm. because it's such a vast and expansive sci-fi world mm-hmm. that there's so many things that you know there's so much more information that the creators have got written down somewhere Yeah. that a, a visual encyclopedia for the world would be really fun to dive into and read about the lore and, and everything. And it's the same thing for this, you know, like this book is so rich, it's like it's primed to be a TTRPG. Yes. And I would love to read a source book based off this world. Yes. 
That would be so fun. I mean, Brendan, hi, hello. Your boy's a, a TTRPG <laughs> writer. Let's talk. I'll, I will help you write an adventure for D&D 5e set in this world if you want. Like, let's talk. That would be a really oh. fun project. Yes, do it. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I could come up with an entire TTRPG with, like, new rules and mechanics and everything like that. But you want to create a D&D source book based off this world? Let's talk. I, I can yeah. definitely help you with that. That would be so <laughs> much fun. I would, fun I would play, play in this setting so hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh, agreed with you, 100%. Man. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about this. Let me go to the double-page spread layout real quick. Here we go. When we see this giant crow raven creature that all of the animals have charged at. Oh, yeah, the harlem. Yeah, and they're, like, picking at its... But, like, a very large portion of those creatures look like herbivores. Yes. And that's what's really concerning about this panel. This this yes. splash page is, like, there were beavers. They eat wood. Like, they still had <laughs> beaver teeth. Yes. Like, they do They do make a point in saying that, uh, it's like, that when the halom uh, goes down, every all the animals, their instinct is to eat it. It doesn't matter if they're a herbivore or not. Yeah, and that's, that's what it, like, that's... It's, that's kind of disturbing. Like, why? It's super disturbing. Yeah. And it was really gross. Even and even when Alwyn turns around and goes to eat it, and the moral's like, oh, even you can't help it. <laughs> right? And it's like, I... I don't know. I can't remember for sure if they ever explained exactly why that urge is there, or what mm -hmm. the point of eating it is. But... That, yeah, it's disturbing. Yeah. And like, and to, and they don't completely ever explain to you what the Hallam really is, but I guess, um, but they're all, they all talk about it in like very, like, kind of almost like hushed tones. Like the Hallam. Yeah. <laughs> like the Hallam is gonna come or we're all gonna be attacked by the Hallam. It makes it sound like it's some sort of like sacred kind of spiritual creature. Right, yeah. It, it feels like it's something big and important. Yeah, like a god of some sort, perhaps. We 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 never find out. Hopefully, there'll be more information in um, chapter three. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and then then we've got these uh, these guys like processing the creature. Yeah, yeah. I guess that, I I thought that was like some sort of clan, a hunter clan. Yeah. But wasn't too sure what they were doing. Yeah, I guess processing is right. Yeah, I want to know more about it, because, like, obviously this book came out well beforehand, but I've been reading this recently. Uh, this reminds me very much of We Only Find Them When They're Dead. Um, and how the gods die and are deposited into our main universe in that book, and then the humans harvest the god meat. And then, like their armor and clothing and stuff to create weapons from and and all of that sort of thing and like they're they're gigantic like spaceships are barely the size of a pinky tip of these gods oh wow and just fleets of scavengers go out and they're carving and harvesting the meat and then like yeah stripping the armor and melting that down to make weapons and technology out of 
um, there's something that called the God cool. Heart, and they use that for computer processing power and AI. <laughs> and so the, this, this reminds me of like a very similar concept. Like this, obviously, this being has some kind of special properties and is is powerful. Otherwise, like they wouldn't be harvesting it after a whole bunch of other animals have been munching on it. Yeah. You know, like, if you're, you, you're hungry, but you're not decaying corpse that's been there for who knows how long hungry. Yes. <laughs> so there's got to be something special about it to encourage yes. them to, to harvest it like that. Right. And, I, yeah, I would yeah. love to find out more about the, the why and the where and the how that yeah. is. And I guess that's the, the first, like, super unsettling thing that happens. And you're like, ooh. <laughs> it's like, this isn't just, like, a, a kid's world. Right? Yeah, like, it's, it's, that's what I liked about it. Like, it's a more intense sort of Miyazaki-style world. But yeah. I liked it. Like, it's not... It's it's gruesome in parts, but mm -hmm. it's not, like, a dark and gritty take. Yeah, it's no, just, it's not... Yeah. It yeah, just is what it is. Yes. It's fantastical and sometimes grotesque. Yeah, and, like, some of the Miyazaki movies are like that as well. Yeah, they sure are. Yeah, like, Princess Mononoke doesn't shy away from the gruesome. No. Um... But, it, yeah, it's really interesting to see how they do it and what they choose to show and what they choose to skip over. Yeah. And I, I love this just uh, eccentric, chaotic little forest guy. Oh, Pring? Yeah. They're just like, <laughs> he's flipping around and he, like, he, he can immediately tell that the tiger is the queen. Yeah. Oh, yeah, speaking of which, like, guys, uh, if you haven't read the book yet, take off, <laughs> go read it, come back. Uh, that was probably more of a spoiler than I should have dropped before saying so, but anyway, go <laughs> read the book and come back because we're going to hit spoiler territory. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, yeah, this guy can tell that this is the queen immediately, somehow. Yeah. He knows. I don't think it's ever really revealed exactly how how he can tell either. It's no, I don't think it is. It's just that he he, get, he has some sort of magical yeah. touch to him. We get like a clue that um so he's moral and moral they sound like a I mean we don't get too much information about them either, but it kind of sounds like they're like kind of sorcery kind of wizardry kind of but they're like a tribe uh who are very very in tune with the with the spirit animals yeah um and even pring says that he speaks uh, he kind of speaks animal um and that he cut off his own arm and and then um sewn on a like a, a raven wing oh um, yeah 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 so, so he could be even closer to and more in tune with uh, the animal animal world, it, it, it was very mysterious. Uh, like, it's just little drops of clues that they give you, but, and then, like, 
kind of like rear back. It's like, oh, that's it. No more information. That's all you get. Yeah. And I, I do love that for the sake of the book. Like, they, they focus on the narrative more than exposition and telling us every little bit of information yeah, about no the world. Mm -hmm. Which is great. But also, I want answers. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't necessarily want them in the book because obviously you want to tell the story first and foremost. And right. the way that they're telling the story is really engaging and interesting. Yeah. But also, like, image, even if it's just, like, sales <laughs> that drives you for this, <laughs> a visual encyclopedia of this comic would make you yeah. bank because there's so yeah. much interesting stuff about it that, well, I know that at least two of us want to know about. So, Absolutely. Like, yeah, make a little trade paperback with all the back matter telling us more about this world and let us know what's going on because I really want those answers. Yeah. You know what this uh, kind of reminds me of? Have you ever played this uh, PlayStation game, uh, Dark Souls? I know of it, but I haven't played it. Oh, it is amazing. If you like um, RPGs that give you, that drop you into a world uh, where a million things are happening, but nothing is ever explained. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like this book kind of made me feel like that. It's like I've sort of you... got that impression from Dark Souls, and they are in my Steam wish list. Oh. So yeah. I've just got like yeah. a bunch There's of stuff. There's a lot I've... of them now. Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff I've already bought that I have to finish first. So uh... <laughs> I hear you. I know I have my own like big game list. It's like. But Dark Souls, I like. I played it a, a few years ago, like I don't know, a bunch of years ago. But then I, and I got so into it, and then I got two, then I got three, then I got Bloodborne. Yeah. yeah so it's like that, that whole. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm whole keen. Series. I am keen to play that series. Um, at the moment, I'm working my way through Dead Cells. But also, like, I'm not a huge video gamer. I'm more of a tabletop gamer. But thinking about it as well, like a, a third-person RPG of this. Yeah. Yes. Would also be amazing. Oh, yes. I would love to play the role of Rook. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, that'd be so cool. Yeah, that, that would be really, really fun. Um, there's, like, the, the, the way the landscape is designed and the creatures that are in it and stuff, there's a yeah. lot of room for, like, really interesting exploration stuff, as well as yeah. the standard RPG hack and slash mechanics trying yeah. to keep the tiger safe and yeah or give, give, give me like a skyrim version and i just put me in as any character as myself yeah. I, and i just let me explore this world yeah that too that would be awesome <laughs> i i yeah. reckon i reckon start with a a simple one that follows the story of the comics and get people hooked and yeah. then do a sequel that's like a, an open world skyrim there's so much you could do in this fantasy setting yeah. I reckon that would be really fun. I'd love that. <laughs> I, I think that's the first comic that I've actually had that discussion about on the show. Like, that I oh, really, really want to play a video game of this comic. <laughs> yeah. This one, it just really lends itself. It's just beautiful world building. That's it, Whenever there's a good world, yeah. Yeah, it really is. Like, I would love to explore this world either as, as in a video game or as a TTRPG. And that would be uh, really, or. really fun. I feel like the magic system of this world would be really interesting. Yeah, well, <clears throat> I would say we don't know enough about it, to, but I feel like there must be there. It must be very interesting. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah, because like 
Yeah, like we meet those those people like deep, deep, deep in the swamps that live in like the hut village and stuff, and they've yeah. obviously got some kind of spiritualism and magical ability and and stuff like that yeah. going on. And yeah, like I would love to learn more about that and find yeah. out what what the rules are in this world, yeah. like how magic works. You know, yeah. is exactly. it is it communing with nature and convincing? the the world to do what you need it to do is yeah. it like bartering do you know you have to give something up to get something yeah is yeah, there conjuration is. magic is there not you know is it all some kind of alchemy yeah what is it i want to know <laughs> yeah any one of those could be it right and i can't i haven't it's been a while since i read the end of this season this series they haven't finished it yet have they like no, the story no. that's what no, i no, thought no. I'm, I'm really looking forward to finding yeah. out two graphic novels yeah which are i think five issues each they have the prologue and they um, they've been promising chapter three for in 2022 okay cool which that's is another great. five issues yeah i'm really looking forward to that then and then that's two comics that i've been really looking forward to closing out the story that should be coming out this year Oh yeah, which ones? Um, this one and Crowded. Oh, Crowded, yeah. Yeah, the volume three is coming out sometime this year. Oh, nice. They're they're doing all of the final arc as just a single volume instead of releasing single issues. Oh, well, that's interesting. I wonder why. Um, I think it was just like just easier for them to just get it all done and get it finished and released. Um, because I've talked to Chris and Ted and Roe about it. Like they've all been on the show and they've talked about the third issue and stuff. And I think it was just a matter of logistics, you know, like this, it's been running for so long and they've all got other projects going on and stuff like that. And they really want to close out the story and just give it to people to finish. Like here, yeah. here's the end. Here you go. Yeah. You've been waiting patiently for so long. Here's your present. Yeah. And they've, huh. they've pretty much finished it. Um, I remember Chris was posting something on Twitter recently about having just, just finished going over the proofs. And so that okay. means it should be off to print soon. It should be done, yeah. Yeah, so I've been very yeah. eagerly following that, waiting for that to come out. Awesome. Uh, and so it'll be really nice to finish this one off as well, because I've been really curious to see... Well, I don't know if they're going to be able to finish the whole thing in five more issues. I feel like there's so much of this world, they're going to need, That's like... That's true. That's true. I don't know, at least four or five more graphic novels. <laughs> Maybe more. Yeah, but yeah, and then that's it. Like, like it could finish in five issues. Like this, this core storyline that they're doing—that's true—could wrap right. up in five issues, or it could also just as easily continue on. Keep going, because like chapter two, which is the second book, which is five issues, it's basically just an adventure. It, it like almost doesn't even push you. I mean, other than them, I guess pushing forward on the map, it doesn't actually push any much more story like you you only find out very little like a little bit more about the backgrounds of the two main characters and a little bit more about the world they reside in but mostly it's just it's an adventure it's like mm. they it's like a, a sidetrack side mission yeah well yeah that's it. Like, all we know is they're trying to find out where isola is exactly and like all we know is that it's half a world away w whatever that means in this world because we don't know how big it is we have a map but um, I don't know. 
Yeah, and, and that's what I mean. Like, that's what I feel like. I, I agree with you there. Like, the second the second one did feel like just like a bit of a quest, like a, a, an information gathering quest. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah. they could have everything that they need now. That it could be like one, maybe two more issues is what it takes for them to discover the location. Yeah, true. Yeah, but, I mean, I guess at any point they can uh, meet a character who's like, well, Isola is actually behind this tree. Yeah, <laughs> but, the, but that's it. Like, like, I feel like the pace that they've gone at, they, you know, they had the introduction arc, mm-hmm. which is introduces to the problem and the players, right. and then a bit right. of an adventure in the middle, and yeah. like this. I don't know if it's going to be the final chapter, but yeah. like I feel like the way that they've written it, it could very easily be the final chapter if they wanted it to be. Like True. I feel like they could have it that, you know, okay, so you guys have worked really, really hard here. You've found the information. Now you've got to get there yeah. and achieve the final goal, which is to find out how to restore the queen to her human form. Right. <clears throat> like that feels like a mission that could be wrapped up in five issues. Room. Like I guess, I, I feel like it'd probably be better served with ten. Yeah, that's what I like. I guess uh, just personally, I would wish for a couple of more graphic novels. Yeah, like I, I would <laughs> love to spend more time in this world. Yeah, I would love to. I, but, I could um, have like maybe two or three more of these side mission graphic novels, yeah. and then maybe number graphic novel number five. All right, tell me the what's yeah. Uh, I, I know exactly what you mean, but um. Just sort of ju- just going off how many books have been cancelled early in the last few years and stuff, like, oh. just before the payoff. Oh, I'm God, like, yeah. They could wrap it up here if they that wanted to. Me. If they wanted to just play it safe and just make sure that they get to finish their story. Yeah. They could do it in this five issues. But I'd rather they did it in ten. A bit yeah. more time in this world and just a bit more time to play this story out in full would be lovely yeah. yes um but I, I do feel like they've set themselves up in a way that if they needed to they could wrap it up pretty neatly without much in the way of plot holes and stuff in this final vo- well in this third volume i keep saying right. final but i actually don't know how many volumes they have planned yeah no yeah i don't think they've ever said yeah so um i hope there's more mm-hmm. but i will be okay with it if they wrap it up here yes I mean, I'll buy it and love yeah, I, it. <laughs> yeah, I'll buy it, enjoy it, love it, read it. But I would like a bit more. Yes. <laughs> so, exactly. like, if you, if you guys are watching this, feel free to let us know how many uh, volumes you've got planned because, yeah, like this is pure speculation, just based off me just accidentally assuming that the third volume is the last <laughs> one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, my but... speculation is that there's going to be ten more. <laughs> my, well, my hope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I reckon ten more single issues would be perfect. No, yeah. I mean ten more graphic novels. Oh, no, I know. Like, like more, more in this world would be amazing. But just to wrap up this core story, I reckon ten issues would put the button yeah. on that neatly. That would feel like it's a decent pace, yeah. Yeah. Like five acceptable but yeah. 10 would be a good solid pace allow for a yes. bit more exploration allow for them to come to terms with their situation allow mm. for them to actually go and speak to the bro- the, uh, the the ghost of the dead brother and yes. find out if even Why? <laughs> even if they speak to him the fact that he's dead and can't perform whatever the ritual is 
Mm-hmm. That could be a problem. Yeah. Just because they find him and talk to him, excuse me, and find out what kind of spell he cast and how it's supposed to be reversed and stuff, that doesn't mean that they can do it. That's true. They might have to find somebody else. Yeah. Or it could only be, it could be one of those things where only the caster can yeah. undo the spell. Yes. Oh, so do you think that's why they're going to Isola to find Asher? That's uh, what it says in the, um... Oh, that's what it says. In the, the blurb. Oh, I didn't hear this. Okay. Yeah, it says, like, they're, they're hunting down the, you know, she killed, took vengeance on the brother without realizing that he was the one, only one that could turn the queen back. So now they must journey oh. to the, the underworld, you know, Isola, the island of the dead to speak to the spirit of the brother and find out how to return the queen to her form. Gotcha. Okay, that actually gives me way more context. <laughs> yeah. So why that's, Isola? Yeah, that's, that's like, it. Why? Isola <laughs> is, you know, is their entrance to the realm of the spirits. Right. Okay. Because so, yeah, I was like, well, we're like in this land of like magical like uh, sorcerers, like the Moro, why couldn't they do it? But that, I guess that makes sense. It only yeah. the caster. Yeah, well, we, we don't know if only the caster can undo the spell, but he's the only one that knows how. Right. Because he's the one that cast the spell. He didn't tell anyone anything about it. Nobody else knows what he did. So they have yeah. to go and find his spirit to find out what happened. But mm-hmm. then after that is anybody's guess. Like, can he tell them how to fix it and they can cast the spell themselves? Do they have to go and find a special magic item in order to undo it? Or right. is it a case of, you know, he casts a spell so only he can undo the spell, so do they have to go on an adventure now and try to find a way to resurrect him? Yeah. Like, that That's that true. could be possible. I don't know. And that would add a whole other, like, a whole new season <clears throat> exactly. of comics to after they find Isola. Exactly. And it would be, that would be really interesting, especially if they could find some kind of way to take this spirit with them. And, like, because, you know, they have to resurrect him and get him to do the thing. And maybe he's got the knowledge of where the thing is. So they have to figure out some way of taking the spirit with him. But then they have to deal with him being with them while they're doing this. Yeah. Which adds a whole new level of conflict that's and tr- character true. development. Like a difficult. Yeah. <laughs> a difficult personality to, to travel with. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, I'm really looking forward to seeing what that answer is. Yeah. Because, so, uh, we yeah, like you said, we don't know a lot about how magic works in this world. So it could be yeah. any of those things. It could be something else that I haven't even thought, thought of. <laughs> yeah, it could be anything. Yeah, or it could be that it's irreversible. Yeah. It could be that he knows that, but nobody else knows that. But it could be that they get there and find out that she's just stuck as a tiger. tiger. Yeah. Although... There was a moment where she did regain human form ever so briefly, but with yeah, bestial right. features. Yeah, that was that was so strange to me because I was like, is this another vision? Or is this a... I can't remember it... what happened. I can't remember if it was a vision or if it was like the, because of where they were and what was happening, there was like a temporary break in the curse. Like it was yeah. disrupted. I can't remember. Yeah. I'll because have to reread it and, and find between out. Between the visions, the dream sequences, and the reality, you're always kind of like kind of floating in between these, like I guess, uh, 
these ways of being. It's like either you're here or you're there, but you don't know which where, <laughs> which one you're in. It's like, is this a dream? Are these like scary animals coming at you? Is that a dream or is that a, or is that their real life? And that's like with almost every, every other page, you're like a little bit unsure. Yeah. And, and I do love that. I like, I don't yeah. feel, I don't feel cheated. Oh, no, that, no. You know, like, you know, it's, it's sometimes you, you watch or read a story and there's just too much stuff unexplained yes. and it's yes. confusing in a bad way. Yes. But, like, this is, like, a... Can, for me, it feels like it's confusing in a we-don't-know-the-rules-of-this-world-yet way. Yes. Like... Oh, I love that. Actually, I do like that, that um... Because I feel like often, uh, cr like creators uh they explain too much and yeah. they don't have to i'm like it, it's like it's like oh this happened because of this and that happened because of that and oh that little thing you were wondering about here's a little round little bow for you so you know why it's like well it's yeah. not, a little mystery is nice a lot of mystery is nice and i feel like it's like it's like they trust their audience to make their connections and if they don't make their connections they'll still enjoy the world um, so I really actually really like that about this book. I feel like it's um, it treats the audience like it's it's a smart audience. Yeah, exactly. I like that. Like I don't like when it's like ooh, not gonna <laughs> tell you everything, and you can feel like the author is doing the I know something you don't know dance. Whereas right. this, like you said, it feels like they're like, hey, this is a story. It's a mystery. Like this is a story about magic and mystery and mysticism and even the main characters don't know what's going on so right. you're not going to know what's going on because they don't yeah. know what's going on and so I trust you to be able to sit patiently and wait for the blanks to be filled in as the characters fill them in exactly which is nice you know like, like there's a lot of stuff like there's a lot of questions I want answered yeah but, but that's why I'm reading the book yeah but uh, it's, it's not but I'm yeah. not gonna like write a letter to Brendan and be like, "Yo." <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's 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 in a way that is like. I want these questions answered, but I feel like the important ones are going to get answered if I wait patiently, not right. in a. What the fuck? Like, what does this mean? What is that? What even is this? Who is that? Where did this come <laughs> from? Sort of way. Right. Which I was I was reading a book recently. I can't remember what it was, but I was reading a book recently, and that ha was happening. Like I was like, "Who is that? And yeah. Where did you come from? When did this happen? Why is that there? Didn't you have this a minute ago?" And when did you change the rules of this magic? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, yeah. there's there's consistency to the mystery, which means there's a method to what they're doing. Exactly. Yes. Exactly, it's consistent. It's like it's not there. They're not not telling you because they don't know. Uh, they're not telling you because the characters don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're not telling you because they don't know. They're not telling you because they want to play a trick on you. They're to just they're just not telling you because that part of the story hasn't happened yet. Exactly. Yeah, and, that's a better way of saying it. Yeah, no, I I like that. Let's know what I mean. Like the characters don't know. So why the hell should you know before the characters know? The point is that you're experiencing the character's story. So yeah. why should you know before the characters do? Yeah. Like, sometimes a book does that 
Yeah. And and it's fine, you know? Like, you find it's things fun. out in advance of the character, and it's actually yeah. written in a way that makes it fun when yeah. you've known something for a while, and the character finally figures it out, and you're like, yes! Finally, yeah. You one horror it. would... I've been would rooting like... for you. Exactly. But... You see that also in horror, when you're like, oh, I know that we're, like, the monster's behind you. You should turn around, and the character's just, like, walking around. Yeah. Like, but it, that, that actually brings tension. Exactly. Uh, so that's, that's when it's done right. Yeah, but then sometimes you read a book, and it's like, oh, okay, you, you don't think I could figure this out on my own, and you're just holding the reader's hand through this entire yeah. process. And yeah. I prefer one or the other of the other options, you know? Either yes. leave the mystery there and trust us to mm-hmm. be patient and find out as the characters find out, or right. tell us in a way that makes us excited for the character to also figure it out. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Don't tell us in a way that makes us feel like you don't trust us and also makes us annoyed that the character hasn't figured it out yet. Exactly, yeah. It's like, I don't want to feel like I'm stupid. I don't want to feel like the, the character I'm, I'm reading about is stupid. Like, I, I want... You know, it, it's it's not an easy, uh, t- like, tightrope to, like, walk on. I, I get why, like, people have trouble with this. Yeah. <laughs> I, like, I, I don't, I don't want to be like, oh... Oh, no, I'm not even going to say that <laughs> but... I could write that, you know? Like, yeah. I guarantee you, some of the stuff that I'm writing is probably accidentally a bit handholdy because I'm an experienced, inexperienced writer. It's not easy to write, yeah. No, but as, like, as a reader, I just know what I prefer. when you see other people, exactly, when people, when people are doing it, like, in a way where, like, you can see, it's like, there, there's, there's mastery behind yeah. this craft. There is, there is. There really is, like, you can see when someone is has the skill and knows what they're doing, you can't necessarily always pick up on exactly what it is, mm-hmm. but you can feel it through the telling of the story that, oh, yeah, though this is this is a well-written story. This yeah. is crafted well. Yeah. And I, I do really feel like this book has done that. I think so, too. I think this, this book has been crafted, and I know they've been working on it for a bunch of years, and I, I, th- yeah. I think you can feel that. I, I know, like, over the course of reading it, I know there was stretches where I was just like checking Comixology going, is the new Isola out? Is the new Isola out? Is the new Isola out? It's been so long. And then I I see it and I'm like, yes! Yeah. Oh no. How long until the next one? Yeah, because apparently, because I bought the graphic novels, because I'm way too impatient for issues. I just, like, it's like with shows. I do the same thing. I wait for the whole show to drop. Uh, like all the all the episodes to drop, and then I, I binge it. Yeah. Because like I'm just too impatient. I can't. I, do... I do that with a lot of books, but every so often I unfortunately stumble across a book that really hooks me, mm-hmm. and I can't wait. But then also, it ends up being a book where, just for whatever reasons, the creative <laughs> team is really really busy, and they yeah. don't put out the issues on the standard monthly schedule. Yeah, it this could one be, was bi-monthly. Yeah, it could be two months, it could be three months, it could be unpredictable months. Oh depending, God. you know, depending on the publisher. Sometimes there's like, oh, okay, one month, one month, three months, six <laughs> months. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, I, I'm happy that the creators still get to create their story and just get to get it all out there. But I hate it when that happens because I, it's always a book that I'm hooked on. 
Yeah. I'm never mad at the creators, obviously. Like, everyone's got their own thing to do. Everyone's got their own work schedule. Stuff is chaotic. Making comics is hard, y'all. Like, yeah. it ain't easy. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> like, do what you gotta do, guys. I'm, I'm happy for you. But I always hate it when that happens in the way that, like, it always happens to me on a book that I get absolutely enthralled by and just have a deep, burning need to know what happens next. Yeah. And that ends up being the one where the release schedule is kind of irregular or yeah. just bi-monthly or something like that. And I'm like, oh, I've got to go back and read the last issue because my bloody yes, ADHD brain has just lost it. Yeah, no, I, I lose it too. It's, yeah. it's like... I just I didn't remember. That's why I'm, I'm always just like I'm just gonna wait for the graphic novel. And I'm gonna yeah. I'm I'm really looking forward the to full the full chunk. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to the trade coming out of volume three of this, so I can go back and reread the whole thing. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. We'll be reading chapter two and one again. Yeah, the one, same for one. Crowded actually. <laughs> like as soon as volume three comes out, I'm gonna buy all the tra three trades, and then yeah. just sit down and just devour the whole thing again. Yeah. Oh, That's boy. nice. <laughs> but, yeah, I, needless to say, we love this book, and we mm -hmm. both highly recommend that you go read it. It's a really fun Absolutely. book. There's ten issues out now, so, you know, like, the next volume is coming out this year. You won't have to wait too long for it. Uh, it but if you... <laughs> we can promise anything. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, if you, if you pace yourself, you, you should be more or less caught up by the time the first issue comes out hopefully but yeah. either way you're gonna enjoy it um definitely go give it a read i will link it in the description as always of course um but go read the book it's really cool and go follow the creators on you know on their socials um these guys yeah. deserve a lot of love they've put a lot of love into this book they've been working on it since high school yeah I think that's what elementary is, right? Is elementary primary or high school? No, it's primary. That's oh, primary. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> it's like when they're 10 years old. Okay, well, yeah, there you go. They've been working on this book since they were little bitty kids. So there is a lot of love in this book. Yeah. Um, I know those feels. I've, I've been working <laughs> towards just doing comics at all since I was little bitty. So I can understand how these guys feel seeing this book out in the world. And, uh, yeah, go give it some love. If you like fantasy, if you like Miyazaki, uh, you'll love this book. It is a bit darker, a la Princess Mononoke. Just be prepared for that. Uh, but it's not, like, a dark and gritty, hardcore reboot sort of dark. It's just, like, sh as in most stories, shit gets serious sometimes. It is very Mononoke-inspired, but, yeah, shit gets serious sometimes. Right. Um, but it's it's really fun. Uh, any other like closing thoughts on the book from you, Vera? Um, yeah, I mean, I do want to shout out the the creators one more time. It's Brendan Fletcher. It's Carl Kershaw. Uh, the coloring is done by M. Sassy K. Um, and the lettering is Aditya. I will never get his last name right. It's Mars. Yeah. Like a, a big shout out to the colorist, of course. Like I've I've talked yeah. about the coloring so many times throughout this this chat, and it is incredible. It is so gorgeous. It's just like even if you don't even know how to read, just buy these books, just to look at them, just like yeah, put them on your walls. Yep. they're so beautiful. Like if if I ever get the chance to work with that colorist, I think I'd be over the moon. 
Oh my gosh, yes, yeah. Anyone must be so lucky. Yeah. Like, I, if I got to work with anyone on this creative team, I would be totally stoked. Brendan, yeah. hit your boy up for some covers. Please, I really want to do a cover this year. Yes, and a tabletop game. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> like, dead serious. Not this year, because I've already got too much on my plate for this year. <laughs> but I would love to talk to you about writing a D&D adventure based on this book. This would be so much fun. Yeah, uh, that would be super deserving. Yeah, e even like if we just put together a Creatures of Isola book oh with just stat blocks for yeah. all of those creatures that you see throughout the comic, that would be yeah. really cool. And big format books, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nice big, big hardcover. That would be really, really fun. I would love to write stat blocks and 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 lore and stuff for these animals. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, we are approaching the hour, which means that it is time for you to shout yourself out. But where can everybody find you? Oh, God. <laughs> um, so you can find me on Twitter, at Lady Green Tea. You can find me on Instagram, Vera underscore Green Tea. Um, if you just uh, search Vera Green Tea on Kickstarter... It's like, I don't know, I'm nearing like 20 projects on there. I'm sure I'll have a new one up uh, within a couple of months. <laughs> it's basically my life is doing Kickstarter projects. Uh, tell me about it. I've got so many lined up for the next 12 months. But uh, I will put your links in the description below, Vera, so that everyone Thank can you. find you. Uh, I'll put the links to the comic below, uh, all that sort of stuff. And obviously, mm -hmm. the usual thing, you can find me as BrainBee Studios on all social media. You can find No Capes on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And of course, if you want to help support the show, if you want to help support my comics work, my TTRPG work, and all that sort of stuff, you can subscribe to my Patreon. It's like five bucks a month is the cheapest tier, and that's Australian dollars. So if you're in the UK, Canada, or America, that's like two bucks for you. <laughs> and you get early access to all my comics, all my scripts and pitches that I'm doing. You get playtesting advanced copies of all the stuff that I'm designing for TTRPGs. And of course, you get to see these episodes like two weeks before everybody else does. And all the extra bonus bloopers and little bits that get cut out, you'll get to see those in advance as well before the rest of the world. Some of it, the rest of the world's never going to get to see, and you'll only get to see it on Patreon. <laughs> and once I hit like 15 patrons, I will have enough money to start making my comics and paying my artists. So. You know, I get, I'm going to draw some of those comics, but I have got some really cool people lined up to work with on these things. And the sooner I get to like 15 patrons, the sooner I can start putting comics out in the world. Anyway, Do it. hit the <laughs> like button, hit subscribe, share this around if you may. Um, please give us a follow on social media because I really want to blow no capes up this year. I love making this show. I learn so much from every single guest I get to talk to through analyzing these comics. I, I really think and hope that this is a valuable resource for other creators who are just sort of starting their journey uh, because there's so much really cool analysis and perspective given by the guests every week that like, if you're a new and aspiring comics creator, there'll be some real good nuggets of, of gold in there from all the guests that will help you become a better creator. I know I've become a better writer just from talking with everyone. So please help me make No Cape something real special this year. I would love to at least get be able to continue going on until like season 10. 
that'd be great. So like, subscribe, Patreon if you wanna. But until next episode, this has been No Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. This has been my wonderful guest, Vera Green Tea, and I'm Sean Sunday, and I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to another episode of No Capes, the show where we talk about creator-owned comics with creators who own comics. Now, this show is powered by Patreon, so if you want to go and check out our Patreon, you'll get early access to the episodes, you'll get early access to my comic scripts, previews of work in progress, and more. So every subscription counts, and if you liked the episode, please like, share, subscribe, do all the things, let people know about the show, shout about it from the rooftops, because every single bit counts and helps us get more listeners, helps us get more subscribers, and I get to keep making cool stuff for you to enjoy. Thanks very much. Keep reading comics.